Welcome to Hami Media Group, or as the cool kids say, HMG. We're here to provide you with the very best entertainment alternative media has to offer. Thank you to all our supporters who have made us what we are today. Follow us on social media, video, and podcast platforms at Hami Media Group. Become a subscriber to Hami Media Group at Patreon.com for great free daily content as well as off-the-top rope extras. Subscribe to our affiliate Patreon channels with a plethora of fun content on various tiers that will bring tears of joy to your eyes. Vince Russo's The Brand, The Rip Rogers FR Podcast, Stevie Ray TV, Goldilocks, The A Show with Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, Velvet Sky and Angelina Love, The Beautiful People, and now... The Larry Hankin Stories. Support your favorite HMG and independent pro wrestling talent at ProWrestlingTees.com. Enjoy the ultimate meal with Zordo's Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Head over to ZordosOliveOil.com. Start your day with the best cup of joe, bro. Try a fantastic selection of flavorful coffee blends at TheBrosters.com. StevieRichardsFitness.com. Get off that couch and make a healthy change without leaving your home. Amazing resistance band and yoga workout programs at an affordable price that will help you become a band new you. Hear from the pros who live the biz, bro, with talent that have worked for every major organization led by the man who put the attitude back in pro wrestling and in your ear holes. It's gotta be russosbrand.com bro again we'd like to thank you for joining us here at hmg and now it's time to be entertained the following program is presented by the htm podcast network i guess i'm a vaccine hoochie i guess i'm a vaccine slut i let them put it in my arm and i would have let them put it in my ass Cause I'm a vaccine slut Everybody now Yes, I'm a vaccine slut <laughs> This is your United States of America This is Hitting the Marks, a podcast that's got topics for days, and it'll leave you in a haze. Hosted by two mother that like to talk about everything. News, sports, politics, pro wrestling, people jumping off buildings, taco shops, top ten lists, and more. It's got one guy who likes to get high on a lot of grass, and the other guy who got shot in the ass. And now, here's your host of the Hitting the Marks podcast, Jargo and R. Thanks, MSG. Hello, ladies and gaijin, and welcome to an all-new edition of the Hitting the Marks podcast with Jargo and RBV, recorded on Tuesday, July 13th, 2021. I am the aforementioned Dr. Jargo. That's my tag team partner. He's the man, the myth, the legend. No baseball cap. In fact, he's got a beautiful head of hair today. He is the real RBV. Rick, welcome back to your show. That's Mr. Jargo. It is me. It's me. It's that art of the beat. It is the Richard 
Burger Vickery. Uh, I am on my quest. Uh, like I told you, man, I, I might have bitten off more than I could chew, but I'm going to give it my best. I'm on my quest. Uh, it is Cincinnati Burger Week, and my goal is to throw down 20 of these uh, delicious, bodacious burgers that we have got offered up uh, all around the real Queen City, the Cincinnati Tri-State area. Kicked it off yesterday. Three down, 17 to go, bro. Man, that just seems insane. You know what else is insane to me? You're trying to eat 20 burgers in the course of a week for your RBV fitness goal. The uh, Jargo Fitness, you want to know how that's going this month? So far this month, my goal for this month, ladies and gentlemen, is to burn 26,000 calories. 26,000! So far, I'm at 10,962. I would be interested to see what I can, what calories I consumed this week. <laughs> it's great. It's great. We are so at the opposite end of the spectrum, and that's what makes this show fantastic. Well, like, well, you said it at that one point. Uh, you eat for survival. I eat for entertainment. Right. It's funny because I was I was talking with Vito yesterday. You can find that over at the Big Vito Brand Patreon dot com. And uh, Vito is all about like, you know, trying to eat healthy and, and you know, because he's washing his weight. He's getting ready to get back into the ring and whatnot. He's like super slimmed down from what he was at his, at his height wrestling peak. And he's talking about, you know, you got to have your vegetables. You got to have your fruits. And I'm like, no, bro. All you got to do is practice intermittent fasting. I eat one meal a day. I'm good. I've lost 26 pounds this year. Like, I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't, I don't see how you do that, but you know, I, I was thinking about this and how I was going to approach this. Cause you know, Hameen jumps on me about this thing. He doesn't, in, in right place. So he doesn't want to see me drop dead. And you know, he wants to make sure that I have that balanced diet and Hey, I, I, I had to get I, I, right here off screen here. Well, I know we're just audio, but here in my end of the studio, uh, the bike is out. Uh, I was already up and at it this morning before the shower on the bike, got a couple miles in there. So I am burning as I'm earning. But, you know, really, I, I look at these toppings here that I'm getting. I'm, I'm getting everything that I need. I'm getting all the food groups on these burgers. I mean, we're not talking about your typical, you know, backyard holiday barbecue BS here. I mean, we're getting some unique some unique flavors and, and some these what they put together is quite masterful in many of these cases. You mentioned Vito there, man, eating well. All I see him doing is pushing that sauce. Right. Pushing the sauce. We actually had a burger yesterday that, that was loaded with sauce, man. It actually blew me away. An Italian flavor here, but it had a white creamy mac and cheese. See, so you, you had your your it was a two patties, it was two smash patties, topped with that white creamy mac and cheese. Then in there you had the caramelized onion, you had the crispy onions, you had a garlic aioli in there, and then you had the sauce, and it came together. Oh, it was beautiful. It, it, I have noticed this if I as Everything I had yesterday, two of the three had the crispy onion strings, straws, however you want to say it. And that seems to be the popular one as I'm as I'm plotting out my week and my stops and my destinations. Very, very interesting. That is the, the popular. That's that's the new trendy thing, huh? Is is the onion is straws? The, the, yes. That and seeing a lot of uh bacon jam. Hmm. Interesting. So uh, today's first stop, actually, they had it at a different location, but it's, it's the sister bar pub to where they had it last year, and they're offering a similar, and it's got it's a Jack Daniels bacon jam, 
Uh, and last year it was the best burger that I have I've ever had. So I'm gonna see if it if it measures up again here. So we're gonna go give it a shot at this other place, see how how they handle it, and we're gonna see where the day, the day goes from there. I think we we got a, a deep fried burger on on the schedule today, a smoked burger. So there we go. Very very interesting. I'll I'll stick with my Wendy's Junior Bacon Cheeseburgers. I don't like anything on my hamburgers. Thank you very much, except maybe bacon, a little bit of cheese. And I, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. That's it. That's it. Nah, man. Missing out, man. Yeah, it is funny because uh, we, while I don't pay attention at all to what I eat, I just eat intermittently. Uh, we did buy an air fryer when we moved into the new house. Oh, yes. Um, And that thing is amazing, bro. Like Everything. It's, Everything it's, and anything. It's fantastic. Well, see, here's the thing, right? When we moved into this house, as we were looking at the house the first time, Carly's like, what? where's the oven all we could see was like it looked like a microwave and a range top it's not a microwave it's a convection oven uh so it it works great but it's really really small so we were like okay how how are we going to compensate for this so we we bought the air fryer and dude like that totally does the trick between the convection oven and the air fryer that's all we need i'll take the cupboard space Hey, you still got old George in there? Of course, of course. Are you there damn you right, go, man? Hell yes, we got to have the foreman grill, and but we we have been grilling a lot outside since I bought the new grill. Um, and I believe our patio furniture will be here on Friday. Uh, so looking forward to that. Get the fire pit going, and hell yeah, man, we're we're getting a real nice setup. You're gonna have to come out here and party one of these days, you know? Look at you, man, a little Jargo homemaker. Yeah, I know, right? I know. I, I was spent my whole morning spraying the weeds. You want me to tell you about that too? Yeah, nope, boring as shit. So let's let's go ahead. We'll jump into our weekend update brought to you by our friends over at JustCBD.com, JustCBDStore.com. Put in our promo code HTM, get you 20% off the finest in edible and vape CBD products. And I this is the part where I tell our friends who don't like the sports segment, why don't you go ahead and skip forward about 5, 10 minutes? Because, Rick, that's what I want to talk about when it comes to the weekend update. I want to talk about Conor McGregor. Uh, I want to talk about UFC. 264 did you watch the fight uh, i saw highlights of this thing well i mean the highlights are really all there was to it because it was really one one thing happened and that was about it right it was Conor mcgregor snapping his freaking ankle uh well i, I tell you what i had the uh the honor to to sit with ben as well as i regularly do on mondays uh but we we had a, a great conversation about this yesterday uh, and, and we spun off into you know he really broke down a lot of the things on the undercard that he liked uh, some missed opportunities for them creating stars where they really could have shined here. And w- with Connor, a lot of our talk, it really twisted towards the show, the show business side of everything. And that's where, you know, his ultimately his importance lies with the UFC and, and why they need to continue with him. Well, like I was talking to Vito and Vito, Vito doesn't like Connor um, because Connor likes to talk a lot of shit, right? Well, you're, and, you're, you're supposed to not like Connor. Well, right. And and that was the point I brought up. And he's like, yeah, but bro, once you start talking about people's wives and people's kids, like you cross that line. And I was like, yeah, but 
I guarantee you more people bought this fight for Dustin Poirier than any other fight that he's ever had before because Connor talks a lot of shit and he's a genuine heel and you want to see him get punched right. in the face, right? So like, I, I don't see how this is a bad thing. We're, I We know how it goes in professional wrestling. You want to get as much heat on the heel as you possibly can. How do you feel about it in other combat sports, whether it's boxing, whether it's UFC, whether it's amateur style wrestling? Like, I have no problem with it. It's ultimately, and I think, you know, with from our background where we come from for professional wrestling, the difference is in why my loyalties and, and my true fandom lies with professional wrestling is exactly that edge. Right. You know, professional wrestling is able to create these incredible over-the-top personas to take a very simple back and forth and just inflate it to these extremes that seem absolutely absurd to the average viewer, the sports goer, whatever the case might be. That's where you get invested. And look at across the board here. You know, it's they sample this professional wrestling in every aspect of sport. Uh, we're sitting here, even you know, politics now. Yes. Well, well, yes, because what works here when you evoke emotion, when you could push people to that edge, maybe you pull them back. Maybe sometimes you accidentally you push them off to the edge there, but that's okay because you're getting them ultimately invested in either the overall brand or your talents brands. And you've got here, you know, as we're talking about, I've got the news on behind us. We were talking beforehand about the all-star game coming up and look at that here. I mean, what are those stories? And now they're, they're playing politics and all that together. It doesn't have to be something as extreme as building heels. Let's go back to a super, you know, to the super bowl. We have seven hours of pregame coverage for what do we get? Heartwarming stories, you know, Brady moving his family. I mean, and then when you have somebody, I mean, you try to get Brady over, but you're looking for that really feel-good story, that guy that maybe should have never been there on that roster, and now he's in the Super Bowl. Or, you know, the dream guy is when you got Peyton Manning in a big situation like that, who's the ultimate babyface for the NFL. And, the and the ultimate those, everyman. Yeah, you're telling those stories. You're getting people invested in something they might not other, you know, that in that seven hours, they didn't know going into that, and now they're watching that guy through that game, and they personally feel connected towards it. Now, uh, who was Connor's opponent there? Uh, Dustin Poirier. Poirier, that's it. I'm sorry. Just blank for a minute. Now, Ben brought up a tremendous point in this. Poirier, without without Connor McGregor, is Poirier a draw? No, I, you know what? This is the third time those two guys have fought. And I guarantee you, if I have ever seen Dustin Poirier fight before, it was against Conor McGregor. Like, I'm not tuning in for Dustin Poirier. I, I, I have no idea who this guy is, but he's fighting he's, Conor, so I'm going to tune he's in. An, he's an incredible fighter, right? Very skilled. But 20th the win in the UFC. I mean, he's obviously pretty decent. Where's the sell? Where's the draw? It's an and this all is why, And this is why this, this is the main reason in professional wrestling as well, why we're not seeing why they can't grow their audience. Because these promotions are playing inside of a bubble, inside of a bubble that think, that the technical aspect and all you need is these move sets and, you know, go out there and give me the tumbling act, which is the same in MMA with a lot of their peers. They just want you to put your head down, go to camp and fight. That doesn't grow your brand. That's not bringing in a bigger audience for you. And I'm sorry, that's great for you individuals that are inside of that, inside of that, inside of that, that deep into MMA. That's great. But if you're Dana White, you know, that's not working. You're looking at the pageantry, and that's why he has grown the UFC, and that's why it's so much larger than the other MMA promotions that we see out there. Uh, another great, you know, on on this event, uh, Ben was talking about on the undercard, there was a young kid who took the fight on 11 days that had a stoppage. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, he's getting rung. 
This kid's just getting wrung. And they stop it. And it's been pointed out here, give this kid who's still in there fighting with all he's got, give him 30 more seconds. That was that 30 seconds between creating another megastar for you and missed opportunity. And I even asked, you know, I asked Ben about that on the referee. I was like, what do you think that reaction was from Dana? He said, I'm sure Dana went through the roof because he realizes those sort of things. And Ben said he wouldn't have been surprised if, if the guy got fined, if the referee got fined because of it. Because, and immediately as he's laying out, because I didn't see that part of it, he's laying it out in detail to me. I'm like, dude, what you're just saying to me, I mean, it's giving me feelings of, of Bret Hart and Steve Austin. Even in a loss, you stood up, you stand up there and say, yeah. hey, dude, I, you might win this thing. But you're going to have to kill me to do it. You, that was the thing about the McGregor fight that really, really irritated me. I am not a Conor McGregor fan. I know I'm coming off that way, but I'm not in any way, no, shape, I, or I don't form. think you are at all. You're talking to the reality of the situation that he's an entertainer, and, and they get that. The thing that got me was they called this a TKO. Like I, I feel like we need a separate category for a ref stoppage versus a TKO because they're they're not the same thing in any way. The, the dude shattered his freaking ankle, right? Like they, he couldn't do anything. Does it count as a loss? Sure, but I, it shouldn't count as a technical knockout. Well, he was pretty persistent about them announcing ref stoppage, right? Yes, as well he should be because Poirier didn't do a damn thing to him to, that was the end result of the fight. Like He goes for a punch, he misses, he steps back, and his foot just shatters underneath of his own freaking weight. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, if if you're UFC, I wonder, you know, if you're especially Dana, like, are you thinking, okay, I'll take this ending because now I got this another, I got the next fight to come up. Oh, yeah. Now we promote Clearly. this. Until, I mean, because if we would have had a clear cut, if something, you know, quirky didn't go down in this thing, this feud's over. It was essentially their rubber match. So, yeah, they were one and one. And, and the thing is, in the first fight, I forget who won the first and who won the second, but it was just a lucky punch. Like one of them just happened well, to catch the other one. In the second fight, MMA. the second fight, the same exact thing. But the point is, I don't think anybody can tell you definitively this one is the better fighter of the two. And that's what we're looking for, right? Like, which one is the better fighter? Not which one shatters his ankle on a fluke. Which one just happens to catch the other one with one lucky punch. Like, we want to see these two guys go at it. Why? Because Conor McGregor keeps talking about his wife and kids. I mean, like, that's really what it comes down to. Dude, uh, you know what? We, we need uh, the first gimmick match. It can only end on a TKO. Poirier's wife on a pole match. Book it. Ooh. Book it. I think I've seen her. I have to Google her. I have to see if I want to see her on a pole. But you know, as we're talking, you know, talk about these personalities. Like who's who sta stands out as those people from the past that we that that we remember. I mean, you're you're a little bit more in you know in tune with the the fight game, and you know somebody out there that's a purist might be have steam coming out of their ears right now. But right, a Tito Ortiz. Tito a, Tito's my favorite fighter of all time. I freaking love Tito. Because he had personality. Yes, absolutely. Ram, Rampage. Yep. Uh, probably, what, going back, Tank Abbott was probably one of the originators of it that would bring it. Hey, I mentioned, you know, Shamrock back in the day, and it, you know, Ben kind of shrugged it off. But, you know, back then, they, they had so little personality that you had a little bit, you know, you kind of shined your light years ahead of everybody. But, yeah, it's those that stand out. And then uh, you got, even like, her, even guys like Chuck Liddell, where, who was basically Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
right? Like it, it was just the, that icy stare. Like that's what you got from him. And that was enough because you knew he wanted to whip Tito Ortiz's ass for all the shit that Tito was talking. Uh, and, and my favorite, well, again, you need that ultimate heel. My favorite heel in UFC is Brock Lesnar, especially when he came in and cut that promo about the Coors Light in yeah, the Bud Light. Which is funny enough, it, it, in a weird way, like UFC is doing pro wrestling better than pro wrestling is doing it right now. And I'm pretty sure the WWE is going to try to do UFC better than UFC does it because I'm pretty sure SummerSlam is going to be Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. Like if only that was happening in a freaking octagon. And I still think that it, that they are rushing this thing. Sit on this thing. Save this. Let it thing. simmer. I think that's what the Kofi match is all about. I you remember when Brock Lesnar just absolutely destroyed Kofi? I think Bobby yeah. Lashley is going to do exactly the same thing. Maybe even a little bit quicker than Brock did. No, oh no, I I actually hope not because well, and and I then couldn't... Lashley calls out Brock. I not, mean, to get into, not to get into to wrestling conversation here, but I get home last night, turn on, you know, I just, it's what you do on Monday. You turn on Rolf. Poor bastard. And they have, they have Xavier Woods pinning Bobby Ashy. Actually, uh, you, you, you know what? I'm okay with that because I, I did hear about this. Well, well no, no. Oh. Here's, here's why I'm okay with it. because It's because as a result of that, Lashley kind of lost his shit throughout the episode and the episode ends with Lashley like throwing stuff pissed off that I'm getting too soft and I need to get like refocus because I mean Jesus Christ I just lost to Xavier Woods at least they did something with it at least it wasn't the champion just eating a meaningless freaking pin at least they did something with it throughout the show uh, I'm fine there's, with there's, this there's plenty of ways around that without going out there and having your dominant enforcer lose to the third wheel on a fucking tag team. He is going to murder Kofi on Sunday. He's just going to murder. Yeah, him. And, and, and then we're going to get Xavier and Kofi and blah. There's always, there's so many different ways around this thing besides at the expense of seeing your damn champ. Well, I get the whole theme last night. I think there was three champions that got pinned. So, Oh, Jesus Christ. Fucking WWE. Leave it to WWE, right? Uh, you, there was another champion that went down last night. In fact, they went down on Saturday night, and then they went down again last night. I'm talking about Team USA. Our fucking basketball team has lost two games in a row, Huckleberry. They lost to freaking Nigeria, and then they lost to Australia, a country that doesn't even exist. My God, what the fuck is going on here, dude? Do, do any of these games count right now? As far as I'm concerned, they do. No. Not even not even the least bit worried here, bro. Oh God, dude. They look awful. It's it's nothing but ISO ball. They have there's zero team chemistry. I'm not even sure that they like one another. It's just whoever gets the rebound and gets the ball to bring it up the floor. Is it gonna be Damian Lillard? Is it gonna be Kevin Durant? Like they just bring it up and play ISO ball. It's like watching five LeBron Jameses out on the court playing together. It's ridiculous. Well, not playing together as the case may be. They're out there just getting their ass whipped because they're not a team. I don't get it. I I I'm just baffled by this. I think, you know, they're going to come together here again. I'm not so worried about it. I think the bigger issue with this is, I mean, we're talking decades now that we've had these these superstar teams here. Since 92. 
Right. This is the first time since the dream team was like put into concept. The first time since professionals have been playing that they have lost two games back to back. First time since 1992. And you ain't worried. No, because it doesn't count. I'm about ready to start pulling for Slovenia, bro. No, it doesn't count. And again, you know, they're they're relaxed right now. They know these things don't count. They're going to flip a switch here. Now, I'm not going to say it's going to be a cakewalk because, I mean, the world has gotten better at, at, at basketball. I mean, we've seen how great they are into the NBA, into the league itself or the association, whatever the hell they call it. You know, but I guess my bigger question is, one, when did it jump the shark? It hasn't completely lost its luster that we're sending these supposed, you know, elites in the world. And I think that's a lot of because we've seen it so much from the USA side and because the rest of the world's gotten so much better at basketball. I feel like it jumped the shark in 1992. I, that, was, I, that was good enough just to have that one. I, I, I think when the original Dream Team went out there and beat everybody by like, you know, 60, 70, 80 points. I mean, just wiped our ass with the rest of the world. Like, I, I was done. We, we, we could have went back to college players right after that, and I would have been fine with it. But yeah, and it would just would have lived forever, you know, just, just that to I remember mean, that, to go like, back and Look how that. dominant we are, you know? And then people could wonder, well, what if LeBron was playing it? What if Kobe was playing? What if Iverson was playing? What, what about Shaquille O'Neal? Like, what would he look like against, you know, somebody from Nigeria who's seven foot ten and 120 pounds? You know, like... It, well, then what you really could have done is, you know, what do you, what, what do you really need to make that patriotic play? Then you roll another team out there. Yeah, when, when, when you know, the Olympics are in, like, Los Angeles or New York, Chicago. Well, let's say that we hadn't had a dream team here for the last three Olympics. And, you know, the great divide here in this country. And now you've got, like, a LeBron, especially with, that he steps up and says, you know what? I'm going to lead this team for everybody. Well, he probably wouldn't because he's such a cock about it. No, he didn't. He's not even playing. I know, because it doesn't have any effect, any a, a luster to it right now. And it that's part of the problem, right? Now, but if we didn't see this for the last three or four sets of games, and then he comes, you know, and then now he said, you know what? The league's got a lot of politics. I've shared my opinion, but there is one thing. We can all come together and rally around USA basketball. And then, and then you brought these all-stars together in today's age. That would be something special. But now that we see it every, you know, every four years, every sets of games, we don't care. Well, there, there, there's that. And I'm, I'm very interested to watch the ratings for the Olympics this year because I'm seeing a lot, especially inside of the African-American community, people that are saying, I'm not watching it. Fuck that. I'm not supporting a racist country. Like, you know, like they're so brainwashed by our freaking media that they won't even pull for Team USA in the goddamn Olympics. They're not. Oh, I was going to ask you which country they were talking about, because about every damn country in there is going to have some (laughs) racial tension and issues. Well, and and that's the thing, right? Like, I I mean, there's a couple different ways that we can spin this off, right? I can go off on my rant about millennials or we can talk about all the other fucked up countries in the world. I've got I've got a list of both. We'll get to both. Which one do you want to do first? Oh, um, you know what? Let's teach them a lesson. Let's make those millennials wait. 
will make the millennials wait. All right, that means they're going to tune out. So let's talk about fucking Cuba. What? I, don't, I don't think I don't think our millennial audience will set booming either. Anyway, I, I, I know yeah, there is that. There is that. They quit listening to us long ago. Um, what the fuck is going on in Cuba, man? Like there are people rioting inside of the streets of Cuba. In case you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's because headline, it's a headline on Fox right now. Y- yeah, and they're about the only ones covering it. Like on the CBS national news this morning, it was in the C block. It was in the third segment of the show. And that's only because the White House, both President Biden and Jen Psaki, had to make comments about it yesterday because it's finally getting to be such a big deal that people are asking them direct questions about what the fuck is going on down in Cuba. And the message from the White House, number one, is twofold, right? You have Joe Biden saying that we stand with the people of Cuba which may immediately makes me wonder why we stand with the people of Cuba, but we don't give a fuck about Taiwan and their sovereignty. Oh yeah. That's because China's involved over there. Um, the, the whole totalitarian kind of aspect to this. And then you have Jen Psaki and Jen Psaki basically blamed COVID for this. This is because people are not getting the vaccines. This is because of the economic depression that is happening in Cuba. Woman should say it's communism. That's what's going. That's what they're freaking out about. They don't want to be under a communist regime anymore. They're down there chanting that they want freedom, and you're trying to make it about fucking COVID. It's absolutely asinine, isn't it? I, 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 I just say socialism. That's the problem in Cuba. Social. It has been for eighty goddamn years. Say communism. I, we all hate communism. We could rally around communism. No, she tried, She proceeds to explain to everybody what communism is and saying that that's what the Cuban people are freaking out about without ever saying the word communism. Instead, she uses COVID. Are you fucking kidding me right now, Jen Psaki? COVIDism. We'll have it's to circle back to that. It's a, new, it's a new government. Oh my God, dude. She's just, she is just awful. Just awful. Then we've got everything going on with Iran because we've got the Biden administration trying to get us back into the Iran nuclear deal, which was a terrible deal eight years ago when we got into the stupid thing. That's why Trump got us out. It's like there's so many of these people that seem to think that if we point our finger at another country and say, now you stop doing that. That they'll apologize and they'll stop doing that. That's basically well, that, that, what the Iran deal is. We will send you a whole bunch of money to not make nuclear weapons as long as you promise you're not going to do it anymore. Oh, yeah, United States. We promise. Send us over another pallet full of freaking money like Obama did, and we'll make damn sure that we make, I mean, don't make any nuclear weapons. Are you serious? Well, you know, that was, you know, a very early on when Trump was dealing with the other country, you know, dealing with, you know, like so China, North Korea. Now, you know, Biden was even then, well, I'm just going to tell him it's going to be, dude, they're going to fucking laugh you out of the room, which we've seen already happening. From multiple <laughs> uh, world leaders. Yes. And, and no, no more so than, than Russia. Uh, but across the board, there is no respect for him. They know that they that they can have their way with this regime because they know what the agenda is here for for that extreme left, and that's who they're playing to. 
speaking of Russia, I'm happy that you bring them up, especially while we're talking about Iran. Um, are you hearing this cyber pandemic? Are you hearing this phrase? Now we're talking about the cyber pandemic and they're talking about ransomware. And it seems like every time anything gets hacked, every time anybody gets any kind of a ransomware malware attack, the immediate response is Putin! Why, what evidence have we seen that Russia has anything to do with this when every national intelligence agency, all 17 of them, we have 17 national intelligence agencies. They don't talk to each other, but we have 17 national intelligence agencies. And you know what they all say? The number one perpetrator of cyber warfare in the world today, you know who it is? Iran. So why do we turn around and point our fingers at Russia every time some jackass leaves his fucking Facebook page open at work and his buddy writes down and says, I like to fart in public and updates his status. And then the dude comes back to his computer and he's like, oh, sorry, everybody. I got hacked. No, that's not the Russians. That's you being a fucking moron. That's what it is. And there's a lot of fucking morons in the world. I'm starting with Jen Psaki and Joe Biden because they're the two that always want to blame Russia for this. What evidence have we seen that Russia has done this? I could run a VPN right now and make my computer look like it's in fucking Russia. It would take me all of about, I don't know, six seconds. But we're so insistent that, we, that it has to be Putin. It's the Russians interfering. I don't think so. I have seen no evidence that it was Russia. In fact, Russia's not even on my list of possible suspects. I'm looking at Iran. I'm looking at China. I'm looking at North Korea. Why in the fuck would Russia be trying to do this? You know who's really winning here? Who really enjoys this? Putin. He thinks it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yep. The Russians are loving this. They're sitting back, absolutely doing nothing uh, because you've got a, I don't even say majority, but you've got a good chunk of individuals inside of, of our government, not our government, but inside of our, our population that have been led to believe by our, by some of our government that this is the whole cause of this thing. So any, any little situation, any little circumstance it is going to lead back where you just freak out and you're blaming the Russians. And they're sitting back there loving this. It's a power player where they don't even have to do anything. Putin gets up at his press conferences and laughs about it. I mean, it's just, a, it's a freaking joke. It's an absolute freaking joke. It's so disappointing. So disappointing. You know, another headline here that gets me going here. Biden faces pressure to act as crime surges. Isn't that state and local jobs? Yeah, but they don't want it to be a state and local job. That's why we have to defund the police so that that way we can have a national oh, police he, no, he, force. He did, hey, you know what? They, they did, he did, uh, he did round up. He did anger him yesterday when he said he opposed the defund the police, that he did not want to redirect anything towards a national level that he still believes in the, the local and the state levels for this. No, you know what they're trying to do now? They're trying to divert COVID money 
to the police departments so that we don't have to refund the police inside of the city budgets. We can still look like we defunded the police, but the police are still getting the same amount of money because we're going to use all the COVID leftovers. Detouring. Detouring the police. Yeah. It's kind of like a roundabout, right? Jen Psaki's favorite thing. We're going to have to circle back to the COVID money. That's that's what's going on here. It's fucking. You got you have any roundabouts there in Iowa? We got too goddamn many. Like all of a sudden they like started going roundabout heavy. Like here, like I don't know, maybe two three years ago, they just started putting in roundabouts everywhere, and it confuses the hell out of my GPS because it'll tell me to take the second exit. Second exit? What are you talking about? Second exit? There is no exit. It's a roundabout. Fucking Europe. Ugh. And you would think that my Siri would know that because I, I make her a British chick. Well, you know what that you know what that really is? It's uh Siri, Syria. Uh this is this is again an international terrorist act. Russia's involved here. Putin <laughs> uh, it always did crack me up though. My grandfather was alive. Grandpa Russ was alive. He'd come up to visit us up north and we go to uh Putin Bay. But damned it, he could, he could not get it right. He'd always call it Putin Bay. That's fantastic. That's great. And I'd pop every time. That's great. Uh, sp- speaking of terrorists, let's talk about Afghanistan a little bit. Um, Joe Biden kind of hedging just a little bit now at this point as far as exactly what date we're going to get all of our troops out of Afghanistan because all of the generals... And most of the representatives and senators on the right think that it's a terrible idea for us to leave Afghanistan. Because if we leave Afghanistan, what's going to happen is the Taliban is going to take it over again. Right? The terrorists are going to take over Iran again as if they haven't, you know, ran Afghanistan and Iran and Iraq and basically every other country over there in the, in the Middle East since the beginning of time. Rick, I guess here's my question. We have been in that goddamn desert for 21 years. You mean to tell me if we leave Afghanistan on September 11th, 2021, by September 18th, they're going to be in a civil war? What in the fuck have we been doing over there for 21 goddamn years then? Uh, I, you know, I had, I'm not really, you know, with the complete withdrawal, I guess I'm a little bit different than you. I, I think we need our presence there and it goes a lot. It's more beyond, it's beyond the hell of the people. It's beyond the peace. It's about a presence and making sure that we know what the hell exactly is going on. It's about the poppies. That's what it's about. It's about fucking poppies. That's why we're in fucking Afghanistan. I'm cool with that. It's about the fucking poppies. Goddamn fentanyl and bullshit. How about South Africa? Did you hear what's going on in South Africa, Rick? What we got going on in South Africa? It, they're basically like Cuba. South Africa's like on fire, people rioting in the streets, losing their minds all because of COVID. All because of COVID. But this time it actually is because of COVID. And I, I have this feeling, Rick, that's kind of the direction we're going. I have a feeling if they try to lock all this shit down again because of the Delta variant or the Lambda variant, that's what's going to happen. Like people are going to riot in the streets. I think we're done with this. Whether the media and the politicians know it or not, I think the American people are just done. 
Well, I think they have to be bright enough to already see what's happening here because even as they're introducing this thing, you're not seeing the same, I don't even see concern, just plain out attention being paid to these reports. I mean, you're seeing just immediately when you mention any sort of COVID related stories, especially, oh, there might be a new variant. We have to be on the lookout for this thing. We still need to, you know, use precaution and go through all these regulations and mandates. You're immediately seeing people turn off just not their ears but their brains they are turning away they are done with this thing you come back with one more time where you're trying to mandatory dictate how they live their lives darn with you want i think you're going to have some serious backlash and i think you're going to see this backlash come from a lot of places that even the left who has this on their agenda are going to be shocked by you know, you're, I think you're going to see this in a lot of your highly kind of liberal based places new york city could potentially erupt yeah, the, the, those are the hotbeds. I mean, the big cities, the big liberal bases, that's what I'm really worried about. Right, and I think those are going to be the ones because they because they themselves have been conditioned into, don't let anyone tell you what you, what you can and cannot do. We'll be here to help and take care of you no matter what the consequences are for your decisions. And then ultimately, that's going to turn on the own system that has created these monsters. Yep, that's very much the direction that it feels like we're going to me, um, especially as this vaccination push has gotten completely out of control to me. Uh, the vaccines have been out now for about seven months. I think basically anybody who wants one has had one mm-hmm. or two. If Pfizer has their way, it's going to be three. And the rest of the country is like, no. Fuck you. I'm not doing that. And everybody has their own reasons. But it seems as though the the media on, on push on both sides. On yeah. both sides, people have reasons for why. You know, like you and I, we've each we each have we've we've had our shot. But I'll be damned, and I know you feel the same way. I would never push or suggest it anybody. No. I wish no, I, I didn't have mine at this I point. Will, I will go tell them, you know. I'm at this point, I'm either way. Like, okay, it it sucked for like that first time got me. I'm not seeing any health, you know, maybe I will long-term, but like I said, I'm not long for the surf anyway. Hell, I'm going to eat 20 fucking burgers this week, so I don't know. <laughs> but It's no, funny because it's true. But in a sense, like, I would never push that, you know, because I've done something here, or even if, I'm sorry, even if I believe that it was the right thing, why, why, who the hell am I to dictate what the hell your direction in life should be here? As long as it's not affecting me in any way. I, I don't give a shit, and that's where you're you're butting these heads, and that's where you create this, this massive divide and why you have so many people that are ultimately, that's why they have decided to. Like, no. And it seems like the solution that the media has and that especially those on the left have is we are just going to badger you until you take the vaccine. And for those that are vaccine-hesitant, that shit ain't going to work. They're just going to dig their heels in more. You start trying to mandate this thing. You start trying to tell people what to do. Or They're where j- they can't go. Like you, sorry, you can't. Or, yep. or hell. Or like a, a segregation. Okay, this is yours part of the stadium. You have to be distanced and wear a mask. The rest of you can go on like, you know, sports like you. No, that's not going to work. That's good. You're not. They're just going to dig in. It's not a persuasion. It's not, 
you're not scolding four-year-old Noah. Right. You're, you're talking about, it, you know, people that hopefully are somewhat educated. They were actually, or at least think they are on a certain thing. So like you said, no matter where, no matter what it is, they're going to dig in and they're going to eventually not going to dig in. They're going to start pushing back. And funny enough, that brings us to the millennials. Rick, I, I hear a lot of stupid shit millennials say, especially at work, especially out of the newsroom. But this one took, just took the cake for me. The most left-leaning person inside of that building happens to be a transgender, which is fine. Nobody cares. We all just live our lives, let her do whatever the hell she wants, right? But she says over the, the intercom system while we're doing a news the other day that she is going to force her girlfriend to take the vaccine. Why is this on your intercom? Be, well, it was just happened to be like during the newscast, right? Like we're all on our headphones and we're all oh. talking over microphones backstage, right? Mm-hmm. And it, she she lets out with this. And my immediate thought was, what happened to my body, my choice? You are the most left-leaning person inside of this building and you're going to mandate, you're going to require your partner to go take a vaccine that they do not want. What happened to my body, my choice? What happened to, you know, the the the, the calm, cool left that you, you can't tell people what to put into their bodies? You can't, you can't tell women what, what to do with their body. You can't require... That you know, somebody take birth control or somebody not take birth control. You, you can't require that. It's their body. It's their choice. No, no, man. If if she wants to have an abortion, man, you you have no say in this. Well, it's it, her it, body. It. It's her yeah, choice. In, inside, uh, but just play a little devil's devil's advocate here. And this is the response to that that, that you'll get uh, through. A, you know, if it's birth control or not, if it's abortion, those are things that affect their selves, their being, and not yours. It but doesn't you, affect mine. It doesn't in any way, shape, or know, form. You know, know. why? Because I'm fucking vaccinated. No, 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 no. That's I, the I, point. No, and that's what I'm saying here. And I just don't yeah, because I've heard I've heard this response to this from this side. I know, but so, it's an asinine response. That's that's my counter I, I know, to the but response. There's, but there still is so even though we are vaccinated, there's still a slim chance that we could pick this up. Yeah, absolutely. There's also a slim chance that I'm gonna die in a fiery car wreck on my way to work tonight. You know what? It's worth the risk. Should we ban driving because there's so many car accidents? Oh, no. We all have to work from home now. One of us might die on the way to work. Yes, but then but then we need government assistance because it's depressing to work from home. Yeah, yeah All these people that are suffering because of that lockdown phase where they had to sit and, and do their work from home. Well, you know, we'll just make it part of the, the home infrastructure bill. It'll be the third part. It's going to cost $18 trillion. And we'll just add another 21 million Americans to the Biden welfare package. 
We're, we're running out of Americans to put on welfare. I know at this point, right? It's it's the we're whole thing. Doubling, is just we're gonna start doubling asinine. down. RBV, you get two welfares. So, so so let's talk some more about these damn millennials. The, the ones who hate watching the Olympics because they don't like the United States. The ones who only support my body, my choice is, when, it, when it benefits asinine, them. That is like the most asinine reason I've ever heard. I can't support a racist country. So I came across this clip. And Rick, I sent you this clip. Did you get a, did you get a chance I to did. watch this? Uh, both of them, right? I had two of them. This is one of the most ridiculous goddamn things I've ever heard in my life. We've all seen the game shows or the news segments where they put a person on the street and they just walk up, they ask random people questions and they're like, you know, what do you think of X? So this time what they did is they went to Georgetown university, Washington, DC, the liberal capital of America. And of course, modern times, it is the millennial capital of America. Rick, this these series of questions that are asked, are, are they're basically, or do you feel like you're proud to be an American? And the responses that these people are giving, okay, well, well, if you don't want to be an American, would you consider going to another country? Oh yes, absolutely. I you bet. I can't wait to go to another country. Uh, what country are you going to go to that's better than America? Oh well, um, uh. Um. Uh. What, what What country do you think is better than America? Uh, uh. Uh. Um. Um. They have no fucking answers. They haven't learned a goddamn thing. There's just outrage. No, they they've learned. They they've, they've learned that they shouldn't be proud to be here. Uh, but they haven't learned anything beyond that. They haven't learned about how to build any bridges, how to actually talk about issues. They haven't learned how to put their own personal beliefs and their own personal court system aside when it comes to actual laws and how things should operate. And I thought I'd say about Terry, you know, I, I love the guy to death. I, I was into it big time yesterday with Money MacGyver. And it was inside. They were talking about. He's the, a uh, Brit. What's he got to do with anything? Well, it, well, it started with, with those guys losing the Euro cup. And the gentleman who missed the uh, the penalty kick, I, I guess, has been, you know, been being attacked on social media. The headlines are all racially driven. Oh. So, and it's they're dropping racial slurs. It, it's it's there. Uh, so, inside of that, the, and, and Will had to report up. I asked a simple question. I said, if this is just a case of name calling on social media. I said, why are they wasting public funds by having the police investigate this? Right. Okay, that's very simple, right? So immediately, you're telling me that race is not a huge issue in our country, in your country, and around it. I didn't say anything about race. Now, there might be a, a moral, a major moral issue with someone taking to social media, with someone in physical, real life, using derogatory slurs of any nature, of any nature. That is a moral issue. That is a societal court issue, but it is not defined as a crime inside of his or our legal systems. Now, that's the major problem here is you hear people jumping off the cliff when they see these stories that hear all of, you know, all of these ongoings and they immediately, the public you know, opinion has to be the righteous way that our system should go. No, on the paper, actual law enforcement 
should be worried about actual law enforcement, not social justice. So we go on and on in here. I said, okay, is he receiving death threats? If that's the case, yes, I see investigation. Uh, it's also calling, he's, you know, it's also causing unruly behavior. Okay. That is a sign for, you know, that is a reason for investigation. But at its very core, using a slur or disliking someone else is not a crime. The crimes come into play when you turn that into a physical assault or a physical, even a physical activity. That is where your crimes come in. Being a racist is not a crime anywhere. Yeah. It, 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 what really drives me crazy about this is the headlines. So it's, it's so, all race baiting for clicks. That's what it is. This dude is not being attacked because he is black. No, he's, he's being, being attacked because he's a shitty kicker. <laughs> he's being attacked because he missed a penalty kick. Ask, ask that's how, the problem. Ask uh, the number of NFL kickers how many death threats they get over the course of a season. They're obsessed fans who can't stand shitty kickers. I, I don't want to go as far as death threats, but you were calling for the head of the Packers kicker. You goddamn <laughs> right, Mason Crosby, that motherfucker. Yes. You betcha. And you know what? I don't wish harm on people, but Kyle Kuzma, Kyle. Kuz, nobody causes me more goddamn aggravation while I am watching professional sports than Kyle Kuzma. Now, I ain't saying that I want him to, like, you know, get shot or anything, but I hope that motherfucker stubs the shit out of his toe when he gets out of bed this morning. You know why? Because fuck Kyle Kuzma. You're after what Hameen, uh, the, the Rams cost him $5 in a bet, and he, oh, it was the Jets. Cost him five dollars in a bet while they're out in L.A. And uh, we got a Monday rant one time about how he hoped the plane went down in the Rockies on the way back to New York on a five dollar bet. Come on, but and again, that's what. Don't let your personal beliefs, your personal feelings, dictate how you feel about a whole conversation. Take a step back, breathe, and look at it from. I, I don't know. Uh, what do you, Spock? Shout out to our, our Star Trek guys. Remove all emotion from everything, and you have to look at it logically and what does it mean by the law? How is it written? Again, these headlines were race clickbaiting. No one's going after this dude because he's black. It's because he missed a kick. I don't know how many times I have said this, but this might be my favorite Jargo quote. No argument has ever been won with emotion. You win an argument with logic and rational thinking, not with emotion. It never works. It never works. Otherwise, uh, not, but, but going back to the you know the opening conversation, you're not going to sell a lot of merchandise. No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Instead, you need idiot takes like this. This is a little bit longer clip than I normally run on the show. So I, I guess, hey, monkeys in the truck, fire it up. Hi, I'm Ophelia Jacobson with Campus Reform. Today we're in Washington, D.C. talking with young Americans to see if they're proud to be an American. Do they think that America is the greatest country in this world? And if not, can they name a better country? Let's find out. Are you proud to be an American? No. I feel embarrassed to be an American every day. I think a lot of things about this country are really embarrassing. Just like, I mean, racist history, colonization, even currently just what's going on with politics and the cops. Um, 
Not really in this climate. No, like I'm a black person. So obviously I experience a lot of, uh, you know, there's like oppression that comes with that. Um, not most of the time. I think sometimes it's just a little embarrassing. We claim to like support everyone, but you know, we continue to support Israel, which is, you know, which are dislocating quite a few Palestinian people. And that's, you know, it's sad. I don't know. Uh, no. <laughs> be proud of what? And what is there to be proud about if you're black and being like, you know, because it's just like, it's a, still a lot of stuff that goes on for black people. I think that's a complicated question for me. I think I, I, I think most of the time, no, at least over like the past four years, um, it's been tricky to, you know, love to be an American. Halfsies on that? Like partly, cause like, I feel like there's certain topics where it's like very controversial, but like, I don't know. I just think that our economy just cares about money and not like our, like they're our humans, like yeah, in general. I wouldn't say that I am as proud as I was, but I would still say there's a little bit of country pride. Do you think that America is the greatest country in this world? I think, I mean, like, to be a white person, it's pretty good to live here, but, like, overall, I don't think it's the greatest country in the world. No. No. I no. feel like the American dream is so sought after that it's not even a thing anymore. I don't even really think it's there is an American dream really anymore. I mean, like, I would honestly rather kind of live somewhere else. Mm, I mean, I'm, uh, I don't know. I'd say that it's like the greatest in like the Olympics, go Olympics. I don't know, America's not really known for being like the most hospitable place, even though we have a reputation like where it's like you can come here and do what you want to be, do, be what you want to be and do what you want to do. It's not really um, the most welcoming to most people. Can you name a country that's more welcoming than the United States? Ooh. Um, not really. I don't really know that. I don't really have that much information. Can you name a better country than the United States, in your opinion? I'm not sure if I can. I don't think I can. Um, I mean, there's probably a really tiny European country that's thriving. Ooh, good question. Europe? Europe's not a country. Well, you get what I'm saying. Have you ever considered moving to another country? Oh, absolutely. I think I had joked about it. I like joked, but was you know fully serious. Like, oh, I'm gonna move to Canada. Yeah. I mean, I personally, I'm the type of person that likes to help people. So I was, I, I would actually consider going someplace like more with more poverty. Yeah, probably. Would you be willing to give up your U.S. citizenship? Yeah. I mean, um. It's not that necessary. I mean, I can still take vacations here. Definitely, uh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Would you say that a, a college has helped shape your perception of being not proud to be an American? I would say yeah, because I went to an HBCU. So yeah, definitely. Uh, yes, absolutely. I also, I mean, I went to American, which is an extremely like liberal bubble school. So I know it's kind of like lots of liberals just preaching to the choir. But I think I learned a lot that I'm from Georgia and I would have never learned if I had not taken those classes just about the way the justice system works and zoning laws and everything else. So I think college opened my eyes to a lot of these things. You know, my favorite part of that is when they ask, you know, what country would you go to? And the chick says, Europe. Like, Europe is its own country. Jesus fucking Christ, man.
Jesus fucking Christ. These are the people that are going to be running the world. Well, you know what? The way they let them just kind of float across those borders, they should be. just. It's just, it's it's absolutely freaking ridiculous to me, man. It's, I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand how people can, I, I think it's just over socialization. You know I really think that's the problem. I, I wish, I wish they would have taken this one step further. Whoever was, you know, conducting these the set of interviews to go get some major financial backing and maybe take like five to six of these individuals and actually move them there for two years and then bring them back and have like a follow-up interview with them. Right. I mean, maybe, maybe they want to go to Australia, you know, where the entire country is overran with mice right now. And that uh, they lock you down. If there's like three positive COVID cases, inside of the entire country or or maybe maybe they want to go live in canada where they would still be locked down Ooh, I, I got a fun little canada thing oh it's a just little a humorous story here. our favorite knuckleheads um so down at the track we you know sometimes we we try to bring in like a featured attraction a little special thing uh, you've seen where we brought in like the jet oh, yeah. engine cars and all oh, that yeah i've sent you the videos so recently we've had come in a jet truck it is. It, it's pretty slick. Uh, the Bone Shaker is its name. That, that sounds more. I've, I've told the driver this. It sounds, sounds more like, like a, a monster club. truck. No, it sounds like a strip club to me. Yeah, well, but, Bone Shaker. But anyway, yeah, I, I mean this. It. I mean, it, I mean this thing is badass. I mean, it shoots a flame. I don't know. Probably at least fifty feet behind this thing. It, I mean, it's a sonic boom My when God. it God, it is. It's badass. So this guy travels around uh, North America hitting these different tracks and all that. He's a special attraction in a weekend. Yeah, he'll make maybe two, two, three passes, a couple thousand dollars a pop. Now, now granted too, I mean, this guy's got a ton of money invested and he's got top of the line equipment. All he's from Canada. He has been stuck in the States. So he just set up shop down at Edgewater for uh, like 10 days. He, he can get back. He can go to Canada. But he can't come back to the States to make his money. So he's been just, he's been traveling up down the East Coast now, just waiting on these jobs and different things to pop up. He can't even go home because he couldn't come back to where his money's at down here. Good freaking God, man. Yeah. The entire thing is completely out of control. This, this entire COVID situation is just completely out of control. Are, have we come to the realization yet? This is just a way of life now. Like COVID's going to be like the flu; it's going to come back every year. We're like we're we're never going to get rid of this damn thing. It's a respiratory virus. Like respiratory viruses, by their very definition, don't just go away. Look at pneumonia. Look at flu. Well, I think well, it's never going to go away. It'll fade as in where it's still prevalent you know yeah and then it'll come back in the fall and the winter and then it'll fade again right. in the spring well, I know, and, but, I mean, I mean, but but how long do you see where they're trying to push this panic mode as we talked about earlier i mean people are turning off to it are we going to get like one or two more cycles where those where this is a big part of their agenda are trying to push well i think it's going to get to to the point i think it really we're going to see if it's going to if the bubble's going to burst is when they start trying to charge for these things. I am not for these, for these shots for, for for the vaccine shots. Yeah, I'm I'm not typically a believer in political waves, right? 
But when I look at the landscape going into 2022, I cannot in any logical way think that the Republicans are not going to take the House, that they're not going to take the Senate, and you're stuck with Biden in office for two years with a Republican-controlled Congress. That's going to be the end of it. I, I Because the Republicans would just be like, nope, fuck it. We're going to deal with it and move the fuck on. Right. So so, so regardless of what the left wants to do, I just don't think they're going to have the votes and the manpower to to do it come November 2022. So what do you see as one of those next big panics? then? because, you know, they're already looking instead of us being stuck in the moment, what we've got to start doing is looking forward to see what is their next, you know, their power play, their pawn move. You know, again, going back to, I mean, I had a great conversation with Ben and, you know, going in, you saw early in the morning how fired up he already was oh, yeah. with the with the slaps on the wrist from YouTube. And, I, and I've never seen how mean like this before. You know, he's usually, dude, we're going to stay ahead of this thing. We're going to go gun-ho. And he, st- he never backed off of that. He said, we're going to keep fighting. We're going to keep pressing. We're two balls deep into this thing. We're too invested. But, you know, he said, he shared it with everybody. It's real talk in the locker room. And it's... He said, I, 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 we've lost. He said, I see no bright future. And it starts, and he's feeling it, that intensity because of how the media. And we went back and compared it going back to the early days of radio when they started censoring that thing and all these regulations. And for us to see, you know, maybe maybe that's the next big thing is the silence that's not provoking media. That is a source of sort of their game. Cause we're already seeing that beginning. Oh yeah. The, the podcasting is the next thing on, on their hit list. Well, we're going to, we're going to have to get licensed We're you know, and, and there's going to be nowhere to run from it. And, you know, they, even with, you know, Ben being now invested and, and Mr. Russo taking over the realm network, they're still going to be, they're going to be targeted harder now. Yeah. Yeah, bigger and, platform. And they're gonna bigger they're back gonna to look shoot at, at you right. Bet. And they're gonna look at they're gonna look at all the platforms that are associated with them and working with them and, and kind of muscle them into bullying us, you know, to force us out. Yep. And, and that's gonna be this continual issue. And I and those are those it's just not on that level. You know, we're mid with the, the Hami Media Group real estate, we're mid level. You're gonna see some of those bigger boys get hit. And, and down to even the guys, you know, you know at turnbuckle talk they're gonna feel the same effects yeah and i mean they're already after guys like joe rogan right. i mean like that that much is very very clear i mean hell the nsa is spying on tucker carlson like that's actually a thing now and and, and people are like no, no they're not they, they can't do that because that's illegal no, 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 that is legal thanks to Ronald Reagan and an executive order that he signed in like 1981 that has never been repealed. Here's the thing about the NSA. It is illegal for the NSA to spy on an American citizen, right? They, they, they cannot spy on you directly. But if you are doing communications that go outside of this country and then return to the country that that they can spy on because you know you got foreign communications going on well what happened is when ronald reagan signed that it was the early 80s the internet was not a thing but now everybody uses you know things like i don't know gmail that ends up getting routed through a server in frankfurt germany or in colombia well, about one of these 
Exactly. Cell phone towers. It's it, it's traveling, not necessarily the shortest distance between A and B. It's going for the fastest distance between A and B. And if that is a reroute through Scandinavia, then it's a reroute through Scandinavia. The thing is, once it comes back across the United States border, that's fair game for the NSA. And guess what? That's everything that you email. That's everything that you web search through Google, through Amazon. It's I, I everything that goes through your cell phone. It's that's the, the same. biggest issue on the cell phone. It's not the phone call, essentially. It's right. that you're using every other device, every app that you're using, every yep. browser, every search, every download. Every TikTok All that allows you to be allows you to be you know traced and tracked. Every TikTok, and this is why Trump was so against TikTok because their servers are based in China. So literally every TikTok that comes into this country, the NSA can spy on. And, and hopefully everyone's aware of this thing out there. But I just that small little tip: when you download that app and it asks for permission for your photos, it's really asking permission for your speaker. Yep. That's review, the most review the terms and conditions, people. Don't just click through stuff. My God. If you don't read, why won't it read? You end up like Kyle in the middle of a human centipede eating burritos out of an Asian's asshole. I guess really the only other big story. Shout out to Suck My Balls. Yeah. MSG and his crew. MSG, yeah, uh, fuck MSG. He's having, on vacation. Having a little fun in the Arizona sun. It did look pretty cool. He was out there doing that virtual reality Shoot him up game, the uh, the bow and arrow. That looked pretty damn cool. Yeah, but I thought he said it sucked. Like the the, the kitty game that he played he, well, was more fun than that. Yeah, that's what he said. I mean, the whole concept of the of the VR thing looked kind of cool. I are you into the whole VR thing? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I might well, like want to check it out. I mean, like even watching three D movies makes me feel sick. I don't. I, I'm not. I'm just not into like video games. See, I'm into video games. I just don't have time right. to play them. I'm not even really into watching movies. That's that's just weird to me. It's Shark uh, Week, Huckleberry. You going to be watching Sharknado? If it's I'm, if I'm home, I might check that out. I mean, I, I like the cheesy ones like that. Now, I, you, love you know, I say Sharknado. no. Hold on, I say that, and then what was it yesterday or something? I I sat and watched like six hours of Gunsmoke movies. Ooh, nice, nice. Yeah, I love me some Sharknado, Lavalantula, all that shit. Uh, at one of the burger stops yesterday, Clubhouse, they had a good one. Oh, they had these roasted red peppers on there. Oh, man, they set it off. It, it was damn good on, on their burger. Hey, actually, that was a little healthier one. I had a turkey burger there, so I wanted to see if I could tell the difference. You, you put all that other stuff on top of there, you, you and it's seasoned. You, you can't tell the difference. But You can't no, taste the difference between turkey and beef? If it's seasoned with all that, with you put the the aioli on there, the the garlic mayo, the red pepper, I can't tell the difference. Oh, see, that's like do, put, that's like with, putting ketchup with, on a steak for me. No, 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 no. I do it. With, I do it with my taco meat because it's much leaner because I eat so much of it. So I'll go with it. If you season it, you can't really tell. Man, you know it. what? One of these days, I'm gonna like. We're going to throw all the kids out of the house, like send them with grandma or something. I'm going to make mahi-mahi tacos. I bet you that would be fucking amazing. Why are you throing the kids out? Because, ma- because mahi-mahi is too fucking expensive to waste on these goddamn ah, kids. Ah, okay, okay, okay. That's why I was wondering if uh, like they were against the smell or something there. Oh, no, they love it. But, I mean, goddamn. 
Mahi uh, and swordfish, all that stuff, man. There we go. Washington football team won't be the Warriors. Okay, thanks. They are changing their name, not this season, but next season. And they have promised that it's going to not have anything to do with Native American heritage. And they're going to go oh, woke anyway, as fuck. Back to your Shark Week. The clubhouse had a like like four or five drinks that were all dedicated to Shark Week, which I thought was pretty cool. Nice. Nice. Uh, so what? All right. So while we're here, though, uh, what, what what direction would you go here with Washington? You know, at this point, just keep the Washington football team. I, but I know it's a merchandise ploy here. We, we've got to do something. We, we you know we've got to start moving some stuff here. What would you call the Washington professional football team? The snakes, the Washington snakes. The Ooh, swamp. The, the swamp. I was just thinking like swamp rats. Hey, and you can still play because you had the hogs. So you could have the swamp hogs. Yes. Oh, the yes. swamp hogs. That should be. The Ooh, name. I like it. I like it. I like the it. The Washington swamp hogs. I was trying to think of something. Uh, maybe like the. Uh, I don't want to use Raiders here, but I was thinking like the Capital Raiders. <laughs> I mean, you got to do something kind of political, right? Like the Washington Nationals. Like that makes sense, right? I guess here. Well, what do you do? Generals, the Washington Generals. That was like isn't a classic that, name that nobody uses anymore. The Washington Generals wasn't that a baseball team, or wasn't that the team that plays the Harlem Globetrotters? Well, I oh yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, let's just address like the elephant in the room, right? Let's just call it the Washington Races. They can be the team that everybody pulls against. Like you've got a built-in heel every week. The amazing racist. Amazing racist. Fantastic. I've already given that to, to Track Brown, so. Ah, yes, the world's most racist man. Shout out to Jay. Shout out to Eight Track Brown. I love that guy. But man. He's what I bet you he ain't watching the Olympics. I bet you he won't. He'll refuse. Uh, Not until I get my reparations. Yeah. I just don't understand. Are they gonna plan on are they gonna pay tax on all those reparations? No man, <laughs> fuck no! It's gonna be like it's gonna be like Indian casino money. Which oh, I guess, uh, can we just do reparations like in Bitcoin? Oh man, don't be don't don't be throwing that out there. We'll crash the entire economy. Bitcoin's dropping like a freaking fly, mostly because of stupid people like uh, Elizabeth Warren, who seems to think that you know, in order to do a Bitcoin transaction, it's as bad for the environment as you know, like the the entire world for a month. Bitcoin down to thirty two thousand five hundred fifty eight dollars and twenty four cents. I mean, at I one time it. it was up over like fifty grand, wasn't it? Like, I don't think nobody wants to get paid in Bitcoin right now. All really, it's all uh, crypto is just dropping like flies right now. You know why? Because the Chinese government's going to start regulating it. You lose that China market. Ask John Cena. You lose the China market and things go to hell. You have to apologize in Chinese and shit. Good God. I mean, did you see Stephen A. Smith got in trouble because he thought that it was bad for baseball, that Otani is like the face of baseball right now, and he's Japanese and doesn't speak English. Stephen A. Smith like had a whole diatribe about it. He was forced to go to I Twitter that, and I apologize. Saw I saw the headline on it. I didn't really dive into the thing. I is he wrong? The biggest... That's what I see some people saying. It, it's... The biggest star in the league 
doesn't speak English. Doesn't really help uh, your marketability for your game. No, unless you're trying to market to Japan. And Japan can't even get their own goddamn shit together right now. I mean, Otani left Japan for a reason. Shit, man. Did you see that video of him, like, hitting the home run through the Tokyo Dome? I hell a player, but you're right. I mean, it's... There's a reason Nakamura's not at the top of the WWE. Well, and I... We, we saw it with Ring of Honor over the weekend, right? They, they, they took the title off of Roosh, and they put it on Bondito. So you went from one guy who didn't speak any English to another guy who doesn't speak any English. Well, you went from a couple <laughs> lines of broken English to zero English. <laughs> right. Like, it's just a, for your world champion, that doesn't seem like I was a, reading, a wise no, that move. Was, I was reading that was more of a, uh, maybe a political play because Roosh is going to put over Omega down in AAA. I could see that. And they didn't want their champion looking like he lost to I the belt collector. Um, I, I, I'm i wondering if Andrade, like, are we done with the Kenny Omega thing? Like, is it, because I mean, like. I, I'm done with this thing. Well, I mean, the, the the way the AEW crowd reacted for Hangman Page last week, like, I feel like all out, you got to take the AEW title off of him. And if you do that, then Andrade takes the, the AAA title. You got to have somebody like Sammy Callahan, which is going to be, I, I don't understand that matchup. Impact doing that at least not now because they're doing a heel heel matchup for for the Impact title. All that's going to do is get Kenny well, Omega cheered. What the, and they're not looking at it in that right direction. I think in their somehow in their head they should have done it believe, with moves. Uh, they missed that opportunity. You know, it, it yep. should have been that timing there. That was the uh, time to do it. It's not now with yeah. Sammy. I, I the match should be good, but the the program's just a total miss for me. Yeah, I, I don't know. They might go back to moves here. It's just about how long they're going to drag this out. The, the only thing with that whole thing is Impact really has gained nothing from this thing. Everyone was so hopeful nope. this was going to be an Impact versus AEW. All it is is Kenny Omega coming and being an annoyance on your show and Tony Khan cutting some terrible promos with Tony Schiavone. That's essentially what's done. You've seen no cross, real crossover. This is, if anything, Impact went down to like 52, 59,000 viewers last week. Yeah. There's too much fucking wrestling on television. Like I hear, I hear Impact has been pretty decent lately. Actually, but... it, it 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 has been. Impact's probably one of the better programs that are on. But is but you are right. I mean, there's so much there, and for so long, it's still got that stink on it. And yeah. you, and essentially, and now what it is too is a lot of it is people that have been tuned turned off by AEW are okay. Now we got them running this place. I'm not seeing a crime. I can't see any of my favorite impact stars in AEW. I'm not going to watch that. And now I'm getting this thing dominated on impact with AEW with the elite. Why? Why watch? You know, the people that are pissing me off, it's not even the AEW fans at this point. It's the people who are so anti AEW that they can't get their heads out of their ass. You like, Oh, just, just signed another guy from the WWE reject pile. You know how fucking stupid you sound right now. Here's an interesting stat for you, Rick. I actually came across this since 2019. When AEW started, the WWE has released or let the contract expire of 98, wrestlers 
Of those 98 wrestlers, AEW has signed 14 of them. AEW, or Impact, has signed 10 of them. In that same time span, the WWE has signed 11 former Impact talents. This is the way of pro wrestling. Well, I think, like, I think the perception is when you're, and here's the problem. You got it. You can't have it both ways. I mean, WWE is going to sign from those other companies because they see them as feeder. WWE, like it or not, is the number one company in the world. They're the biggest company in the world. So it's essentially, they're the top. They're going to give you the best pay. You're going to have the most eyes on you if you're a talent. Uh, they have the largest brands. So, yeah, they're going to sign those. So I think, you know, they get that pass. But in turn, they sign all those damn people. That's one thing I've never agreed with saying, oh, you know, they, that's a, they got to go sign up. Eventually, at some point, if you have if you have any credibility, talent, sellability, WWE is going to sink their teeth into you in some way. Now, if you see success there, that's a different story here. But if they see that and they believe that, they're going to take a chance with you. And if you're a talent in many of these cases, still even between AEW and WWE, I think you're almost a damn fool not to go to WWE right now because it still makes your value is is greatly increased overexposure on AEW. The the one that killed me was the Alistair Black signing and people calling Alistair Black a WWE reject. I just like I, I can only assume Here's, but I even what what's a reject because you went there and it didn't work? I I mean like I can only assume that when the radicals came in to WWE that Big Ray Hernandez referred to Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero as WCW rejects. Like to me, that's Andrade and Aleister Black. Potentially. I mean, we'll, we'll see how their careers go, but I, I could see both of them having that same kind of career projector just because one company doesn't use you. So you sign with another company that doesn't make you a reject. I just, I don't understand the, 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 AEW fans are annoying as shit. And I love that thread that's going in the Hameen Media discussion group of all the stupid shit AEW fans say. I started it's, that. It's hilarious. I absolutely I love well, it. No, because I love the over-the-top ones. And it's not the ones that are... T and I never got that reject thing. But, man, there but there's the other side, too. Like, there's AEW haters that just hate everything they do. Like, they can't do anything right to save their goddamn life. Here's and here's the difference, and I think I even said it in the description when I when I made that post, when I made the thread. And this is kudos. This is one thing where I'll I'll give it to Tony Khan and I'll give it to the the VPs and in their marketing directive. What you want in a brand as as a marketer as a marketer is to get your consumer to believe so much in you, to buy in wholeheartedly. That this is our movement, our mission. We can do no wrong. It truly is. When they put it out there, change the world, us against the world. This is a promotion for everybody. They got people to buy into that like crazy, like gangbusters. Pat, that is incredible. Because that is the AEW hardcore fan. That you, they can do no wrong. It is the greatest thing that has ever happened in, in the world of entertainment, in the world of sport, in professional wrestling is AEW. They live inside that delusional bubble. Now, on the other side, the WWE fan, who is still loyal to, to Vince and his brands, they actually just realize at this point that, God, the product is terrible. 
it sucks. And even worse are the are the Impact fans that are like, no, yeah, Impact is the best wrestling show on television. There's fifty thousand people watching it. I know. If it was that fucking good, don't you think other people would maybe start to watch it? Like I loved Lucha Underground. It got canceled for a reason, y'all. I, I was gonna say, uh, and I and I hope you know they got their next pay per view coming up at the end of August. There, Mickey James putting that together, the empowerment, the all women. I, I love the NWA. Uh, I I don't know how they even made it past that last pay per view. They only had like twenty three thousand buys. I don't I I don't know how they're in business at this point. I, and it's a, I love the product. It's wrestling the way that I love it. I mean, you look at their up and down, those guys, everybody, they're just not athletes, but you know, they, they look like professional athletes, like pro wrestlers up and down that card, you know, and it, it's, and it's, they got good stories. I, I like the presentation. It's a little bit different. You know, and it's, it's my flavor. It's that old school territory kind of feel to it, but it's who until as a whole, they find out a way to grow the brand. And I think that's, you know, my biggest thing with AEW. If you're the new generation, if you're the new wave where supposedly where this business is going, I mean, God help us, but why aren't you growing? Why aren't you growing your brand? Why aren't the, why aren't the audiences growing? Yep. And that's the problem. Well, well, you say, why aren't the audiences growing? They've only had fans back for like a week. So oh, we'll, we'll, we'll okay, have to so, see how that oh, kind of well, goes no, over the next. No, I don't know. I'm not seeing audiences there. Okay. If oh, I the can't TV audience. There, if I can't get in there live, why isn't the ratings booming? Right. That it's a must-see. I can't go anymore. I got to watch it on television. Why? Because you're catering to a niche of a niche of a niche of a niche. So you got to get outside of that. And, and, and that's, that is that is my issue. I, believe me, I, I can go through a list of things that I think AEW is doing great. But, you know, like Conan praised me the other day. He said, man, this environment backstage was incredible. I, I mean, I wish we had something like this. You know, back at WCW, it was cutthroat. You know, and he's like, these guys are all hanging out. They've, they've got a catering thing. They're sticking around after the show, playing games. That's great. But the total, there's holes all over the booking. And even down to your production, your camera shots are are terrible at times. Jim Ross doesn't even know what Malachi Black's name is. Well, no, hold on. That was a complete cluster. That that falls on Excalibur. You got this guy come out here. You sell that is we we might know who that is. What is he doing here? What's you know? How do we address this? That's how you sell that. I think that was Ross trying to cover for Excalibur because you immediately got him out there. You you got Tommy End out there. And oh, 15 years ago I wrestled him. I know I know. Shut the hell up, dude. You just exposed what the hell we got going on. Yeah. What is he? What is this man doing here? Allude to the fact that yes, we have seen him. We've seen him down on the other channel. What is he doing on TBS? What is he doing here? How do we address him? What is this? That's what you do there. Why is he here on WWE Dynamite? <laughs> oh, that would have been kind of funny. Somebody dropping it. He he must be as confused as you are, Jr. <laughs> I, I that was just fucking great, man. WWE. Hey, come on, Dynamite. a slip of the tongue. Jr. Still the. Come on, AE, you're talking about the uh, JR the is the greatest. He is the greatest wrestling announcer of all time. And unfortunately, that run should have ended about five years ago. He's still better than anything they have. I don't a think slip, I don't think he is beneficial slip, to that product. A at slip, all. a slip of the tongue there. I could see that. I, I, I could see where that argument is or maybe not in that role. 
No, I, I don't think he is useful to the on-air product as an announcer in any way. She, he might be great for talent relations. He might be great as as no, a I, as the producer for the commentary I, no, I team. Think, no, what but, you do, what you do when you're one of the things going back, you know, outside of the, all those memorable moments, he was great in a sit-down interview. You want us to connect with some of these young towns instead of just going out there and having your floor routine and you, oh, this guy can do a, you know, a bazillion 50, whatever splash. No, have JR sit down throughout the show with a talent or two and run different segments and let us connect with them that way. That's where he could be used masterfully. But anyway, you've got these AEW fan, you know, boys, these ultra smarts that were sending JR death threats. That's Dude, they're doing the same thing to freaking Naomi. Because of Oos. Shut down her, yeah, because of what her because husband of, Because of Oos going out and getting another DUI. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Like, And the thing that really, really frustrates me is after the Hannah Kimura thing, there was, like, the pro wrestling community all kind of came together and said, we were going to put a stop to this shit. Like, we were going to shut these fuckers down when we saw this kind of shit happening. No. That lasted for about three days. It's just, it's just insulting. Right. Anything else you want to bitch about this week? Uh, I think I'm good. Gonna go, go eat some burgers? Uh, yeah. Um, hitting the road here at about noon. It's about 45 minutes from Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and get out of here. We'll wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Then visit the platform that you may not be listening to. Probably the HTM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com. Guess it could be Hameen Media. Hameenmediagroup.podbean.com. God, I had to stop and think about it there for a second. Um... Right, we're going to have to kind of figure out what we're going to do as far as the, the affiliates go. Is the affiliates channel still going to be up there hanging out, or are we going to bounce that over to Realm 2? Or did, do you I, know? I, haven't, I haven't heard anything on that front. I know... I assume... I, I, I'm guessing when payment comes due, we're no longer going to be giving financial services to Podbean. Uh, so at that point... I don't know where that leaves our show. I would assume there would be an opportunity for us at, at some level to join the Realm Network. I, I know Suck My Balls is going to be heading over there. I don't know. Well, if Suck My Balls is going, then I mean, you know. Like, well, I know she's in the know, man. You know, he's in the inner circle. He's kind, just, of, he's kind of the Sammy Guevara of the Hummy Media Group, isn't he? He's, he's in the inner circle. We're just the circle jerks. <laughs> there is that. We're, we're, we're kind of the Jake Hager. We're the old guys been around for a while, but we're finally reaching our potential. Nah, nah, man. We, we're like the uh, Latino guys, <laughs> the Hispanic guys. Proud and powerful. Proud and powerful. LAX. Yeah. Does that make LAX. Big Ray, does that make Big Ray our Conan? Oh, shit. Kind of like it. And, and, there, and therein lies it is in all of this realm talk realignment. Where does, where does the alliances of Big Ray... Stay tuned as the excitement unfolds. Fantastic. 
course, you can keep up with me across social media platforms at NotJargo. There will be a new episode of Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, coming up later on this weekend. As I'm going to sit down with the GAG from Down Under, our boy Jimmy T. We're going to sit down and do the uh, Summer Struggle review, kind of preview uh, Wrestle Grand Slam coming at us at the end of the month from inside of the Tokyo Dome. Uh, you can also keep up with me over at the Big Vito brand, available over on Patreon, bigvitobrand.com. Been doing a couple of shows over there. I'm going to be sitting down with Virtue, I think, on Thursday and pick apart that Dan Lambert promo from last week on AEW. You know what? I actually had uh, my crew... I'll let you maybe reach out to him. You talk to him more than I do. Uh, get some booking info there for me for Vito. Ooh, yeah, I could I could do that because Vito is getting back into the ring. Looking forward to that. Uh, my favorite part of Dynamite last week, I got to say, was that Dan Lambert promo because now our boy Lance Archer is now the nine one one of AEW. Like, if we know what a Mark Tony Khan is for old school ECW, he has turned Lance Archer into 911. Anytime we've got somebody out there being a dick, just being an annoying douchebag, Lance Archer's going to come out and freaking murder him. I love this gimmick for Lance. It's perfect. They messed that segment up, too. Oh, you, you mean having the guy who, you know, ran the legitimate fight camp for the WWE champion standing on national television telling everybody how much AEW sucks wasn't a good idea? Who would have guessed? No, no, no. That, that's fine. Just having him get, you know, leaving him laid out like that. Like, those guys were great, man. What? You, you think Jorge Masvidal is going to do anything to Lance Archer? I like Amanda Nunes' freaking odds against Lance Archer more than I like Masvidal's. You're in that new Japan bubble. <laughs> you know, Jorge Masvidal is like five foot seven and like 150 pounds. Lance Archer would murder him. I've seen Lance Archer go 50 50 with Marco Stunt. I don't believe in anything that he's doing right now. <laughs> we love you, Lance. He was dead. Please don't kill us. It's all Rick. It's all Rick. Rick's the one talking shit, Lance. It's not me. Lance Archer, if you've got a problem with that, then I will invite you. You come to Mid-Ohio, Southern Indiana, the Professional Wrestling Alliance, and I will have our own notorious Shane Taylor meet you at the door, buddy. I will pay to see that. Fucking A right. That is that is a Shane survived Congo Kong coming up August 26th. VB Indiana, the Swiss Wine Festival co-main event. How about that one? That's a throwdown right there. I'm pumped for that, dude. I'm pumped for that. Congo Kong, formerly of Impact Wrestling, the notorious Shane Taylor. Shane Taylor, Ring of Honor, six-man champ. Therefore, the community, the movement, he is bringing it on co-main event. The baddest champ around. Hey, that's not enough. We're on the other side of that main event. The great American champion, the pop, the prophet of pain. Watch out for that name. He is up and coming. Scotty Amos, our defending champ. Going to be uh, the great American champ. Taking on that, that SOB from Saudi. Coming all the way from Saudi. Ben Hameen. Can you imagine Ben Hameen is the great American champion? You know what? Since you do a show with Hameen, I have to bring this up to you because I have learned the origin of the $5 face slap. It is not from Ben Hameen. Did you know this? Uh-oh. Evidently, back in the 70s, people in Japan 
would line up for miles to have Antonio and Noki slap them in the face. And hold, the, on, hold on, hold oh on. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I got a conspiracy for the horsemen. I think this is why Hameen is so anti-Japanese pro wrestling and swears he could beat everybody in Japan because he stole Antonio and Noki's gimmick. How about that shit? Wow. You want to talk about breaking news here? Uh, so, yeah, to go back to the other question there, um, Hameen has been exposed. We will not be going to the Realm Network. <laughs> <laughs> you will continue to catch the Hitting the Marks. Hitting, hitting the Marks has been canceled. Yes. Uh, and Again. Hameen's new, new co-host on the Monday Locker Room yet to be revealed. <laughs> Fucking A. Fucking A. Good shit. Good show, Huckleberry. Let's get the fuck out of here. We'll talk to you next week, ladies and gentlemen. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya! Watch your fingers. Label me. Don't give up. You're bad guy.